0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: When the Sunday Star Times last weekend asked, is Aotearoa broken? Economist Cameron Bagri said one of the serious long-term problems COVID has exposed was this one. When we couldn't use foreign labour, all of a sudden we realised we've been insufficiently investing in Kiwi talent for a long time. And that tight labour market and labour shortages have certainly been a real problem in a range of industries, among them... Hospitality pretty hard hit by COVID restrictions in the last couple of years. Now previously the industry's representatives have made headlines by urging the government to drop COVID alert levels and they've pushed for the borders to open up sooner rather than later. Back in March though, gathering limits and mask requirements were lifted before the move to Orange to help them out, but many people they found were just reluctant to go out. And at that time here on MediaWatch, we heard that hospitality workers' warnings that already stressed staff would find it hard to stay healthy and might even walk away from the industry went often unreported. But that is now playing out. Under the headline, Winter Illness Brings Hospo to Its Knees, Restaurant Association Chief Executive Marissa Bidwar told Stuff this week they now face workforce shortages across the board, with migrants and working holiday visa holders not yet available to them in numbers. And they got a pretty sympathetic hearing in the media this week.
0: How stressed are you, Matt? How are you sleeping? Um, <laughs> Not the best, to be fair. It's uh, yeah, no, it's it's tough times. In fact, you know, I've been in the industry for over 30 years and I don't think it's ever been as tough as it is at the moment. That's
1: Matt McLaughlin, who owns Three Bars in Wellington and is the regional rep of Hospitality NZ, talking on Monday's AM show to Ryan Bridge, who then asked him to respond to comments made by the Immigration Minister,
0: Michael Wood. Employers and sectors that continue to pay low wages with insecure working conditions also need to consider that... What changes they will make to be genuinely attractive places to work? So, have you thought about what changes you could make to make your workplace well, more attractive? <laughs> yeah, look, we've, we've been we've been pivoting the whole time COVID's been around. You know, people in hospitality work in hospitality um, because it's a fun, vibrant um, industry to be in. It's an industry where you can be adaptable. You don't, uh, you know, people want to to be able to. Um, work for six months and move on and work somewhere else. Well, fun and flexibility are
1: factors, for sure, but it's also hard work during hard times at often unsociable hours. Matt McLaughlin told the AM show that before COVID, more than half of his workers were foreigners without New Zealand residency and few of those are still here. So what's the money like now that it's a seller's market for local labour?
0: You know, the pay rates have, have gone up. You know, we're looking at about $24 uh, average wage in hospitality um, across the sector. In Queenstown, I'm told it's $26. So, you know, these things are moving, um, but, you know, there's no magic wand for us to be able to, to wave and say, all of a sudden our industry is so much better to, to, to come and work in. Yeah. You know, it's it's dis- disappointing to hear that kind of um, uh, attitude.
1: But instead of asking how much wages had actually gone up, Ryan Bridge responded like
0: this. As you say, wages have been going up. There are industries in New Zealand which just cannot operate if you have to charge $35 per hour for every staff member. That, that's, that's right, mate. And, and well,
1: only owner-operators and executive chefs are paid in the region of $35 an hour. Many media organisations this week seem to be asking employers one by one what they paid, but industry-wide rates are readily available in the Restaurant Association's own remuneration survey. Now, This year's one shows wages up 8.2% on average, after a 6% rise in 2021, but the average hourly rate is $24.43, which is still less than $3 above the minimum wage. The report also includes enlightening comments from operators themselves, many saying that they wanted to pay more but couldn't because COVID restrictions were hammering their profitability and their productivity at the same time. But interestingly, the same Restaurant Association survey also says there's an urgent need for long-term changes to challenge the perception of the industry as a poor option for workers and reminded all hospo operators they must remain competitive in the labour market. All that's pretty close to what the Immigration Minister actually said, though without the reference to low wages and insecurity. But later that same morning, ZB Wellington Morning host Nick Mills also bridled at that. What about the flexibility we give workers? Security? Security when we get the traffic light system from the government, when they decide when we can open, how we can open, why we can open... If we could get security, life would be fine. Now the reason Nick Mills said we there is that he owns several hospo businesses in Wellington himself and for him, it's personal. Wages in the hospitality industry have gone up considerably and nobody in the industry begrudges that. So stop gaslighting it. And Nick Mills almost inadvertently admitted that the industry did have a problem with poor pay up until the pandemic. It might have taken COVID to, to shake it up, and it might have taken a scare of not being able to find staff to shake it up, but I now see staff getting very well rewarded for doing a day's job. But in trying to make that point at length, Nick Mills didn't seem entirely sure what wages he actually does pay. Ah, oh, I don't think there's anyone uh, employed by us, and I could be wrong, and you can call me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's anyone under $25 an hour And it would have been great if someone on the payroll had called in because, again, in over an hour of radio devoted to the issue, we didn't hear from anyone actually employed in HOSPO. Though we did hear from another HOSPO employer who was literally across the road from Nick Mill's studio, and she was also angry about the minister's comments. Completely speechless, completely angry... Mary Meachin went on to say the wages she offered had gone up substantially, but all HOSPO owners were being punished by the immigration tap being turned off.
0: In the past, when you advertised for a chef, you'd have your pick of a few good chefs, or, you know, for whatever position it was, you had your pick. Now, basically, anyone who applies gets a job, And, and that cannot be good for the industry.
1: Later in the day, RNZ's checkpoint was on the case with a now familiar angle.
0: Restaurant owners are hitting back after the Immigration Minister, Michael Wood said they should offer better conditions and pay.
1: And then RNZ's tourism reporter, Tess Brunton, took up the story.
0: In Queenstown,
1: Flame Bar and Grill owner, Lou McDowell, has been spending about $2,000 a month on SEEK, trying to attract more staff. She was frustrated to hear the Immigration Minister's comments. How can you make better working conditions and offer more pay when there's no one actually applying for the jobs. So you could offer someone $50 an hour and they're still not going to turn up for a job interview because there's no one to turn up. Tess Brunton went on to say that entry-level servers get $27 an hour at that restaurant. Having heard that, HOSPO workers' group Raise the Bar pointed to some of those costly ads on seek for that restaurant which were offering wages for more senior staff that were barely any better. One, for example, sought a duty manager with two years' experience for $27 an hour and a chef de partie job offered the same wages.' Now, they also pointed to an AUT report from April this year, Voices from the Front line, which concluded long-standing but steadily worsening labour market problems in the sector had accompanied its rapid growth and economic success long before the pandemic. But while Checkpoint listeners didn't hear about that, they did hear from two other restaurant owners saying that they treat their workers well to keep them, even closing some days to save them from overwork. Now It turns out there is a way to get on the air with Ryan Bridge on the AM show to talk about all this though, you can buy space on the programme. Milford Asset Management has a sponsored slot on the show and last week they talked all about this very issue.
0: When good news goes bad, wage growth and low unemployment generally seen as good things for the economy, right? But latest data from Zero this morning shows it's making our small businesses nervous. Yeah, I mean, and four percent job growth from small businesses is incredible in this environment. I mean, that that's almost like Kiwi ingenuity and in practice. How have you managed to grow the number of people that you employ by four percent when yeah. we know every industry is really struggling for people?
1: Meanwhile, last Tuesday, TVNZ Breakfast spoke to a remuneration consultant.
0: Um, what we saw over the pandemic is um, people sort of re-sort of assessing why what they're working, who they're working for, what really matters. Um, And I think in an employee-led market, they're being a little bit more discerning about where they're going. So yes, money talks, absolutely.
1: Yes, money talks in an employee-led market, but the media doesn't talk to workers, it seems, though they do talk to hospo bosses, who all say they're victims of circumstances and government policy that's beyond their control. Exactly 24 hours later, TVNZ had another interview shedding light on an industry
0: that seems to have adapted a lot better. One local sector has managed to increase its workforce by 10% over the past year and thus still looking for more Kiwis. Joining us here in our Auckland studio to fill us in on how and why is Bruce Jarvis head of SAS for the Digital Industry Transformation Plan. Where are you finding these people, though? So a lot of people are
1: cross-training out of other industries. We had a great case, business case, or case study of a, a painter in Wellington. Cross-trained and now is earning you know, 60, 70k as an entry-level role. So we're picking up a lot of people from other industries. We've got hairdressers, we've got school teachers, we've got pharmacists, we've got chippies, and also school leavers as well. So you, know, you don't have to go and get the, the student debt of a three or four-year degree. Well, as we heard earlier, even one of the hospo industry's main lobby groups warned its own operators more than two years ago attracting and retaining its workers was going to be a looming problem. And that was a point made by Dr David Williamson from AUT School of Hospitality and Tourism, one of the authors of that report, Voices from the Frontline, published back in April. And on Friday, he told Morning Report on RNZ National the businesses had reaped rewards from years of employing low-paid migrants.
0: Between 1980 and 2000, this sector, hospitality, lost almost 25% of the value of its hourly wage. And so that's had a massive impact on the sector, and it's only really just starting to rebuild now.
1: Dr Williamson made the point that no one would want to see the sector go back to the 1980s and older people will remember there was nothing like the choice or variety on offer for consumers back then or employees for that matter but he said that industry-wide standards could have helped hospitality make itself a better option for the workers that it can't find now. Hospitality workers made that point themselves recently in their submission on the fair pay agreements legislation that's currently before Parliament. So it's a pity that most of the media also didn't make that point this past week whilst highlighting the recruitment problems of hospo owners who also made no secret of the fact they're biding their time for the immigration tap to be turned back on for them.